Alright folks, welcome into another brand new edition of the 901 Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Stockery. You can find me on Twitter at LDoc93. You can find the 901 Soccer Podcast on Twitter at 901 Soccer Pod. You can find the 901 Soccer Podcast on Facebook. Uh, just go to Facebook and search 901 Soccer. We'll pop right up. Uh, just going to keep this one a very uh, abbreviated, short, brief, short and sweet uh, edition of the 901 Soccer Podcast. I know it's been a while since uh, we've had a chance to sit down and discuss the beautiful game here in the 901. Um, I do apologize for that. But uh, we're back now. Uh, don't worry, there will be a 901 FC season recap. I'll be doing that at some point. And uh, here, probably in the next couple of days, I'll be doing a uh, World Cup qualifying roundup after the... Uh, USA-Jamaica game, uh, which I believe is on Tuesday night, so we'll, we'll touch on all the important stuff, but the topic of this particular edition of the show is going to be the University of Memphis women's soccer team going to the advancing, at the time of recording, to the second round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, that's right, folks, we can't be the 901 Soccer Podcast and not talk about the biggest soccer story still going on in the 901. Obviously, 901 FC making the playoffs was a huge story that got... Uh, unfortunately, very little love from the rest of the local media, despite their uh, constant proclamations of Memphis will always support a winner. Um, that translates to Memphis will support the basketball program, uh, even though they're terrible. Uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, Memphis, uh, University of Memphis women's soccer team plays host to LSU in the NCAA, first round of the NCAA tournament out at the track and field stadium at the south campus at Park and Get Well. Uh, I'm going to give you kind of a sight, sights and sounds. I was, uh, believe it or not, I was there as a spectator. I was not there uh, in an official media capacity. Uh, so we'll talk about all that in a moment. Well, before we do, I want to remind everybody that the 901 Soccer Podcast is brought to you by Fave Firm. If you are in West Tennessee or North Mississippi and are in the difficult a uh, position where you're thinking about uh, your finances and not looking good and you're thinking about the possibility of having to file bankruptcy, give the folks at Fava Firm a call. If you are facing issues like, uh, you know, vehicle repossession, eviction, or home foreclosure, or you're behind on your house payment, or you've got credit card bills or medical bills or vehicle repossession, bank garnishment, that all of those sort of things the folks at the Fava Firm can help Get that sorted out for you. Give them a call at 662-536-1116. And you can find them on Twitter and Facebook as well. Just search Fava Firm, and that's F-A-V-A, and then Firm Like Law Firm, and they'll pop right up. So, the University of Memphis women's soccer team plays host to LSU in the first round of the NCAA tournament uh, this past Sunday out at the South Campus at the corner of Park and Getwell at the Track and Field Stadium. And that's noteworthy because I don't believe that the University of Memphis has ever hosted any NCAA postseason event on campus. Obviously, the NCAA basketball tournament has been at FedEx Forum a number of times. Uh, I think the most recent time they hosted the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight in 2017, I think was the year. It was whatever year that you had Kentucky, North Carolina, Butler, and UCLA all come to down. I believe that was 20, March of 2017. Uh, but I believe they also had it in March of 2014 down at FedEx Forum and March of 2009. Uh, and I believe the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament was at FedEx Forum, the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight in 2010, 
I want to say, uh, which worked out well. That was when uh, the Tennessee Lady Vols were still a really big deal. Pat Summit was still coaching that team, so they had a pretty good crowd down there for that. But obviously, FedEx Forum is not on the campus at the University of Memphis. Uh, the track and field stadium is. It was the first time I had ever been there for that, and I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Uh, it's right there off of Park and Getwell. It's right next to right in, like right in the middle of the whole athletics center down there at the camp South Campus at the U of M. Uh, right next to the baseball field. Uh, right by the brand new indoor practice football facility and the football practice fields. So, uh, you know, we got there, and uh, one thing I learned is that uh, tickets for Tigers soccer games are usually free. Like you don't have to pay; you just get to roll on in. Uh, but with it being an NCAA tournament event, it was adults for $10 and kids 12 and under for $5. Uh, so, still, not bad. NCAA tournament event, I'll, I'll pay $10 and go. Sure, that's not a problem. Um, one thing that it, it was very refreshing is because you may be able to take umbrage with their seating. Seating, S-E-E-D-I-N-G, as in where they were seated, not the seating, as in a place to sit. Uh, you may take issue with that because they won the American Conference Championship on penalties. Uh, and by the way, that was an absolute master class of penalty taking by the Lady Tigers uh, in the AAC title game against USF. Uh, three out of three from the spot, all three just perfectly placed. Tigers goalkeeper made two saves, uh, and the USF player missed on the third one, but there were three really bad penalty takes by USF. All the credit in the world to the Tigers goalkeeper, because even if it's a poorly taken penalty, you still have to save it, uh, which she did two out of three times. Uh, so they've won the, I believe they've won the American Conference Tournament three straight years now, if I'm not mistaken. I know they've made three or four straight NCAA tournaments, which brings me to my next point of the last several years, they've been a really good team, and, and Coach Brooks over there at the U of M has always put out a really good product. They're like, there's a really good women's soccer program they got going on over there, and they usually get screwed in the seeding. Like, the last three or four years, it feels like they've been a really good team and been, like, the 12 seed and had to go on the road to Stanford or, you know, one of the preeminent powers of the women's college soccer game. Uh, but this time, you know, it's an 8-9 matchup, and you may take issue with that, you may not. Uh, the big, The big part of it was... With it being an 8-9 matchup, it's essentially a coin flip, so it's somebody that you're evenly matched with, at least on paper, you would think, but it's at home. And as fans of the Memphis Tigers basketball program will know, you know they haven't been to the NCAA tournament in, I don't know, 7, 8, 9, 10 years? 2014 was the last time the Memphis basketball team had made the NCAA tournament. Uh, so the opportunity to go see a U of M program compete on campus in the NCAA tournament was uh, was a treat, and the crowd reflected that. Uh, got there, I was pleasant. I was surprised. I did not figure that there were going to be a ton of people there. Um, they had, according to the university, was the largest crowd in the history of that stadium. Uh, One thousand three hundred nine, I believe, was the uh, official announced attendance. And I tell you what, it looked every bit of it. Now, it was just general admission seating. You paid your $10, and you just walked in and sat wherever there was room, uh, which was cool, but was also a little bit irritating. Like, you, if you got up and went to the bathroom and you came back and somebody else had showed up, you had to find a new place to sit, which 
didn't didn't really matter. There weren't five thousand people there arguing over thirteen hundred seats. So you, there was going to be room. You're going to find a place. Uh, but uh, I also thought it was interesting that there's you know there's that track going around the field, and I found it interesting that people could just pull up and sit on the track. Uh, and there wasn't like a, like a barricade or anything between that and the field. So in theory, if anybody had wanted to, they could have just rolled right up to the field. Not that anybody was going to, not that that happened, um, but that's just something I just found, I just thought it was interesting, strange even. Not in a bad way, but just in a, you just, there's, usually you're used to separation between the playing surface and the athletes and the fans, and there wasn't that. Uh, no problems with it. Uh, it was a good time. Uh, everybody had fun. Nobody caused any problems. Um, but it looked it looked every bit as full as what they announced. You know, a lot of times they'll say, "Oh, there were X number of people, and there were only this number." No, it. I my I guess there were around a thousand. I was thinking there were somewhere between nine hundred and a thousand people just by eyeballing it. And so, uh, an announcement of thirteen hundred uh, is not surprising since that's what it looked like, and uh, it's it's. That was, that's a really good crowd, largest for that stadium ever, according to the University of Memphis. And they were treated to a really good game, as the Memphis Tigers were wholly dominant against the LSU Tigers. Wholly dominant. Uh, one, uh, there were a decent number of LSU fans there. I say decent, it's probably, I'd say, somewhere between 25, 50, maybe 75 of them. Enough that you noticed. It wasn't just like one dude over hanging out in the corner with his LSU hat on. No, there were a decent number of LSU fans there. I'm willing to bet it's probably uh, people who already lived in Memphis that were LSU fans. Uh, but still, hey, you know what? More people showing up at a soccer game. Not going to complain about it. But overwhelming home field advantage in terms of support in the stands for the Memphis Tigers. And... One of my buddies, who is who was one of the people there as an LSU fan, said it was just going to be a matchup of goalkeepers. Apparently, each team has really good goalkeepers, and the LSU goalkeeper really didn't show that. I don't want to bag on her, but there were uh, some poor decision-making. She got let off easy, and then she gave up some rebounds that led to some tap-ins, but that aside, I don't think it was going to matter because Memphis was just so dominant on the day. Uh, they were the better team, and it showed. Uh Fairly boring first half, not a whole lot happening. Um, LSU had a couple of early chances in the first 15 minutes, and then Memphis just said, mm, "No, no more. We're we're gonna we're gonna run this game." Uh, and then they had most of the chances in the first half. After that, and then all the chances in the second half. I don't think Memphis was threatened once the entire second half. Uh, and they ran out 3-0 winners. Uh, the first goal was a thing of beauty. And as the referee, I, I was just, I couldn't, I couldn't have been more proud of the referee in that moment, as it was a very clear, obvious, absolute whack job of a foul that, fall, that fell right to a Memphis attacker at the edge of the 18, and everybody's screaming for the foul, and the referee signal and play on, and I'm going, no, play on, go, 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 and she rifled it in for a goal and 1-0 lead. And I'm going to tell you what, one of the most satisfying feelings in the world as a referee is when you play advantage and it gets taken advantage of for a goal. That's just fantastic. I love it. Uh, similar to the U.S. goal in their World Cup qualifier against Canada in Nashville. Heavy foul, referee plays advantage, goal. It's fantastic, and it's one of the best feelings in the, ref in, in the world as a referee. The second goal for Memphis was just an absolutely devastating, ruthless 
clinical Brazilian-style counterattack. Pick up the ball at midfield, lung-busting run down the right wing, cross in, tap, goal, 2-0. The third goal was a shot from distance that had a lot of pace on it, but it's really one the LSU goalkeeper probably should have saved. Uh, I mean, she saved it, but she probably should have done a lot better with it. She gives up this big rebound, tap in, 3-0. Tigers going to the second round of the NCAA tournament. Um, we talk about the dearth of coverage, soccer coverage in this town. Uh, a couple of things. A, it was really nice. For those of you that don't know, there have been several different uh, media relations, public relations, uh, contacts, whatever you want to call it, for Memphis 901 SC in their brief existence in this town. Uh, one of the guys uh, who did it in 2019 is a guy named Michael Schroeder, uh, was in that same position with the Redbirds for years and years and years, left after the end of the 2019 season to take a job with AAA Baseball, uh, and then obviously 2020 happened and AAA Baseball didn't have a season. Uh, so Michael is now, I believe, the assistant sports information director over at the University of Memphis, or he might be the SID, I don't know. He is in some sort of sports information capacity at the University of Memphis. So I saw him, ran into him uh at the game on Sunday, which was super cool, kind of a blast from the past, nice to catch up and see him. And, of course, our buddy John Varlas from the Daily Memphian was there and uh, got to chat with him, had a brief discussion about trying to get some sort of credential for when the indoor soccer starts down here in South Haven for the Memphis Americans, both a men's and a women's program. Uh, so it was good to uh, get a little bit of catch up with, uh, with some friendly faces uh, at the game as well. So it's nice to see there was a little bit of uh, local media coverage of the U of M Lady Tigers. Uh, and they're advancing to the second round. They get to play. <laughs> and this this is where the problem with being seated in that 8-9 matchup is, is that if you win 999,000 times out of however many the next one up is, so 99,000 times out of 100,000 times, the one seed beats the 16 seed. I'm, I, I don't know the numbers on it in the women's soccer NCAA tournament. I know in the men's basketball tournament, a 16 seed has only beaten a one seed one time ever, uh, which was glorious back in 2018 or 19, 2018, when UNBC just ran roughshod over Virginia because I do not have the words to describe how much I hate, like, I hate Virginia basketball. So to see them get drubbed as the number one overall seed in the tournament was just fantastic. I don't know how often a 16 over a 1 happens in women's college soccer, uh, but it has. It didn't happen for the... It didn't happen to Duke, and that's who the University of Memphis has to go play on the road, I believe, on November the 19th. So late this week, uh, if my numbers are correct, they have to go to Durham to take on Duke, North Carolina. Duke is the number four team in the country. And I don't know what it is, what's going on in North Carolina. Maybe it's something in the water, but that state seems to produce uh, at the youth level and the collegiate level a lot of really awesome women's soccer players. Every time you look up, the uh, like half at one point, half of the women's national team had all played their college ball at North Carolina. Uh, Wake Forest is usually good on both the women's and the men's side. Duke is a number one seed playing the Tigers, number four team in the country. I don't know what they're doing over there. It's working. Uh, so it's a tall task for the University of Memphis to go play the uh, Duke Blue Devils. But hey, that's why they play the games. Just survive in advance. It's just one game. 
And if they win, who knows? They might get another game back here on the South Campus, at which point I may have to reach out to Michael Schroeder and see if it's possible that the Not On One Soccer podcast gets accredited and credentialed for that next one. So, fingers crossed. I don't know what the bracket looks like exactly. I don't know what the likelihood of... I guess there would only... I think there's probably only two more games being hosted at on-campus sites because I believe what women's soccer's... The College Cup, the Women's College Cup, the soccer's version of the Final Four, I believe, is at the Earthquake Stadium in San Jose. I know they were talking... I wasn't really paying attention to the public address announcer at the game on Sunday when he was saying where the final, where the semis and the final was. I believe he said it's somewhere... I think he said Santa Clara or the Bay Area. Um, I don't know if the uh, Earthquake Stadium is in Santa Clara or not. But that'd be a pretty cool stadium for the U of N. If they make a Cinderella run all the way to the Final Four, that would be super cool. But, right, uh, so... They got to play at Duke, and then I don't know. I would imagine the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight of the College Cup would be at on campus stadiums, but I don't know what the bracket looks like or what the results are going to be if it's possible for them to have another on campus game. But if they do, I will do my best to be there in an official capacity. But to wrap it up, Memphis Tigers beat LSU Tigers 3 0 in front of 1,300 people on campus at the University of Memphis to advance to the second round of the NCAA tournament. And it was just a lot of fun. Sun was out, it was cold, it was windy, but the sun made it bearable. Uh, a lot of people there, everybody had a good time, and the Tigers won. And that's all you can ask for. So I think that's going to wrap it up here for us uh, this evening. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Again, I apologize for being away, off the airwaves, so to speak, for so long. Um, glad to be back uh, planning on doing a World Cup qualifying roundup here in the next couple of days. Don't know when I'll have time, but if, if and when I do, I will record something and give you my thoughts on that. USA, Tosacero, it's a real thing. Glad that it's back. Hate that it ended in 2016. I have a theory on why that happened, which I may talk about in the next show. Um, but so, hopefully I'll be back at some point this week, and I will before the end of the year. Mm, I was going to say maybe before Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving is actually sneaking up on us and it's next week, so I don't know if we'll be able to do it before then. But uh, I will have a 901FC postseason recap for you at some point. Hopefully before Thanksgiving, definitely by the end of the year. Uh, but anyway, that's the show for, the, for tonight. Thanks everybody for listening. You can find the 901 Soccer Podcast on Twitter at 901 Soccer Pod. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 901 Soccer. I'm your host, Lawrence Dockery. Find me on Twitter at LDoc93. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.